Welcome to That's So Chronic and today's episode of That's So dot 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 with me Jess Bryan. That's So is a monthly series here at That's So Chronic where we get to chat about books, films, interviews, literally anything and everything that's in our That's So Chronic world. Today I am joined by Diana Devine and we are discussing Kelly Vincent's book Dandelion Heart. Welcome to that so chronic. Before we hear from Diana Devine, who you might recognize from their interview back in April 2021 about their diagnosis of hypermobile Alice Danlos syndrome, I thought I would read you out the blurb of Dandelion Heart and give you a little bit more information about the author Kelly Vincent. Dandelion Heart is a love letter to all of the minds and bodies the world is still trying to force into a mould long broken. Dandelion Heart was published in 2021 by Debut Books and is a collection of essays and poetry which grapples with disability in an identity-driven world, exploring powerful themes ranging from body image and self-esteem to sex, relationships and mental health. Author and disability rights advocate Kelly Vincent draws on her own experiences as an autistic and physically disabled person. Also, a quick side note, Debut Books is also really freaking cool. They are an independent Melbourne-based publisher striving to build a platform to amplify great storytelling, no matter who you are. They are specifically looking at the ways in which our stories are told. Their website says that they want to create a safe space for all voices to be heard and shared, especially for emerging Australian authors. Their books celebrate all kinds of identities and all that makes us human. Their website also says this, which I think is so lovely. Connection and community are at the heart of what we're trying to do. By creating an inclusive publishing process, we hope that you, dear reader, feel a part of something big too. Now, I've never met Kelly But I would absolutely love to one day. Kelly Vincent is an Australian-based writer and advocate. At age 20, she won the State Theatre's Young Guns Award for Young Playwrights. And at age 21, she became Australia's youngest member of parliament and first ever appointed specifically on the platform of disability rights. From 2010 to 2018, Kelly represented the Dignity Party in the Upper House of South Australia's State Parliament, making vital changes to the way service providers, the built environment and the justice system responded to the needs of disabled people. Yeah, I know. You can see why I would love to meet Kelly one day. Absolutely amazing. Since leaving Parliament, Kelly has worked as a neurodiversity and disability policy advisor to a couple of government departments, then as access and inclusion officer for the 2020 Adelaide Fringe season. And oh my God, if you did not know already, Adelaide Fringe is probably one of my favourite festivals ever. And Kelly is also the project and policy officer for an LGBTIQA plus advocacy organisation. Then Kelly realised that she could combine her passions of accessibility and the arts and in 2020 she co-founded True Ability, a disabled persons theatre company where she is creative director. 
as well as publishing Dandelion Heart, which we are going to chat about today. Welcome back to the podcast, the incredible Diana Devine. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back. I'm excited to have you on this episode because you are the one that introduced me to Dandelion Heart. So thank you. How did you find out about this book? Uh, so uh, Kelly Vincent is a fairly prominent uh, person in the disability community in Adelaide, as well as uh, politically as well. So uh, she's she's already a bit of an idol of mine, and I have been kind of following her social media for a while. Also, uh, someone I know via the arts industry um, in Adelaide posted their readings from this book. And yeah, I just, I kind of fell in love with a few of the passages and just pretty much knew I had to give it a go. I read it so quick as well. Like I just found that as soon as I opened it, I just, I just couldn't stop. Yeah. (laughs) I was planning on reading it like over a couple of days on a holiday and we'd planned out this beautiful picnic in the sun for me to read my new book. And instead I just read it the night before because I wanted to just see what it was like. It was just the whole thing. Like I reckon 45 minutes I went through it and then I like went back through it the next day. tossing it to Jackson you've got to read this you have to yeah I'm so excited because I read it this week and I'm already like I want you to read it I want you to read it I want you to read it it's just so good yeah this book this copy is getting worn out it's gonna be read Mm -hmm. so many times I love that and only 15 dollars I know (laughs) so cheap an absolute bargain yeah. Now, a lot of people have listened to your interview that you had here on That's So Chronic, and they've commented to me just on how lovely it was to hear from somebody who was navigating the feels around using mobility aids and how great it was to hear your experience of that. And it definitely, like when I was thinking about those comments that people have said to me, it led me to thinking about identity. And right at the beginning of this book, the opening before we begin chapter, it did start off by talking about identity. And I I guess it was more of like an acknowledgement over what language Kelly was going to use in the book moving forward. Kelly actually says a quote, for me, I see my disability, including my autism, as central to my identity. And I think that is really important to acknowledge just at the top of the book and also, I guess, at at the top of this chat. Because I do think that sometimes people, especially non-disabled people, do think that there's like one way of defining or labeling or talking about something. Yeah. What do you think about that and how did that opening chapter, I guess, resonate for you? I mean, it sure would be easy for everyone else if there was one identity that was going to work for every disabled person. But oh my goodness, I mean, disabled in itself, that word is such a massive umbrella of all these different experiences and presentations and, I mean, symptoms or just n- not even necessarily health-related. It does. It, there are just so many facets of disability that mean so many different things. It's frankly ridiculous to expect to be able to summarize every single person with one turn of phrase. Yeah. I'm a big fan of identity-first language yeah. for myself. When I did my uh, psychology degree and I was majoring in disability, I did... We were taught to do person-first language at the time. Mm-hmm. So I think that was around 2013-ish, 14. And so for anyone listening, person-first would be like person, person with, with a disability. disability. Yeah. 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 Whereas identity-first is disabled person, which is what is 
generally more prominent nowadays. Mm -hmm. But I mean, everyone has their own preferences, just like Kelly says in the book. Yeah. It absolutely varies person to person and it's going to be informed by like different experiences and different beliefs and we all had different things happen to get us to our preferences and the way we like to function. So yeah, absolutely. I'm a big identity first because I think I spent such a long time kind of denying my identity as a disabled person. Yeah. I mean, and also as a queer person, I've done it twice already. I'm not going to keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I'm very embracing the the disabled label as, yeah, as once again, as Kelly says, very central to my person yeah and I think it also does this whole thing with joining the body and person which I'm very big on Mm -hmm. instead of separating the body being like oh my back is being mean today my brain is saying mean things to me it's like you're all one person and you're working you're working with yourself yeah and I find that identity first language kind of inherently acknowledges that a little bit well yeah so yeah like we're not just we're not just bare people who have like picked up packages yeah (laughs) yeah that's really interesting I hadn't actually thought about it like that with like oh my brain is doing this today or yeah that's really cool yeah I mean it's I'm I'm not to say that that's always a bad way of thinking Yeah. yeah it's just also we do slip into it and I find that sometimes yeah in the wrong context or in a particular uh I guess emotional state as well it can be more harmful than good to kind of separate your body and act like you're kind of battling your body rather than your body is trying to honor what it needs to do. Yeah. And you're trying to cope with that. And it's like, yeah, a relationship rather than, I don't know, enemies. (laughs) And especially at the beginning of this book, Dandelion Heart, Kelly says a quote, and obviously I'm not going to be reading out too many quotes because I just think everyone needs to go and buy the book and read it for themselves. But right at the beginning, Kelly says, I was gripped by worry at the idea that some well-meaning person wanting to learn about disability might pick up this book and see it as some kind of comprehensive go-to guide on the lived experiences of disabled people. Neither I nor any one person can provide this, and that is simply because we are all different, because we are human. And I just love that because I think that also ties in so deeply to the reason why I want to share as many stories as possible on this podcast as well. So when I was reading that... That that passage was my first tear. Oh, I know. (laughs) It was when it was was like, oh, this is going to be good. (laughs) And then I think I wrote down in my notes, I'm like, it's only page six and I'm already furiously writing down notes. Like, what is happening? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was just gorgeous. So good. And so then after we move through that beginning chapter, we get into the nitty gritty of it all. It's a selection of essays and poetry. I'm curious, what was your favorite chapter? My two favorites were, I think, going to be, they're going to be everyone's favorites. Yeah. All right. The opening before we begin, I just, it just had such immediate impact and just the the I guess perspective it was written from was just really like easy to attach to for me and it was just straight away like I know what this book's going to be about and I am so here for it and then the cycle of inaccessibility because that was my favorite too I feel like every disabled person has this thought has this thought process and we all understand this concept without necessarily having a name for it or knowing there was like a name mm-hmm. yeah that was that was another one where I was crying because I agreed so hard yeah 
I was also, I really did like chapter, I guess, two. Yeah. The classic tale of boy meets girl. Yeah. Which was just very uh, confronting, but also important, Mm -hmm. I think, especially as I was a disability support worker. Um, So seeing some of the practices that were described in that chapter is really saddening, but also not all that surprising yeah so yeah I've got a got a few basically the whole thing yeah like um every <laughs> chapter <laughs> yeah and I mean the poems the uh the first poem also crying <laughs> yeah just right at the end I'm not gonna read it out but yeah the ending to that is just so nurturing and gentle and it just it feels like Balm for the soul. It's so beautiful. There is such a great way of describing this book, like balm for the soul. There were definitely moments where it was like, yeah, quite shocking for me when I was reading it and also confronting. But then I also felt really like held by the book as well. And I felt even though I was reading it, I felt like someone was like listening to me. It it was just the most amazing experience. Felt like an exchange. Yes, that's exactly, yeah. And that doesn't happen every day for me when I'm reading books. So I don't know what Kelly Vincent has done with that pen to paper, but it is magic. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. At the beginning of the cycle of an accessibility chapter, it was... (laughs) Definitely already Jess Bryan to a T because it was set in an airport and I was just like, yes, I miss airports. And so I was on board from the opening sentence. But throughout that chapter, it really made me think and it really made me feel even more inspired to like keep changing the world and just Mm. keep sharing stories and advocating and just like everything is just messed up. But yeah, and, and I just really loved when it was like, the whole sentiment of like, instead of getting inspired about this sort of stuff, like get fucking angry about it and actually like stand up and try and make a change. And I just got, yeah, I got really moved in that chapter. Definitely. So that's interesting that it was also one of your faves. I feel like it's going to stand out for every single chronically ill disabled person who reads this. Mm -hmm. It's just so, I I feel like there aren't many universal experiences for disabled people, but that sure is one of them. Mm -hmm. There was another moment when I was reading that I thought that that so chronic listeners might resonate with or they might enjoy when they read the book as well. And that was, I can't remember exactly what chapter it was in, but it was when Kelly was talking about how sometimes when you don't have a diagnosis for something, life can feel like there's just this big question mark hanging over you. How do you feel about that? Did you ever have a moment of like this question mark hanging over you? I mean, roughly the first 24 years of my life, (laughs) if I would take, especially with, I mean, my personal history, which you can find out all about if you listen to the other episode. But yeah, with my personal history, because I just spent so much time not even realizing I was actually disabled and realizing that my experiences weren't the common experience yeah that it was it felt like it was describing me in this context I believe Kelly was talking about autism that's right yeah yeah but really once again it can it can apply to pretty much any diagnosis and that moment of I guess discovering discovering that your experiences and that your troubles your struggles to get through the world and everyone else is seemingly not having to fight so hard. Yeah. Yeah, that moment of like, oh yeah, that's because this isn't accessible to you because you've got you've got this need that we can now try to meet 
and things will suddenly get a lot easier. Yeah. Which is for, you know, whatever, even even with curable illnesses, I think it has that moment of like, we found it, we've got it, we know. (laughs) And then that same thing of even when you have the diagnosis and then there's still possibly a question mark of like, what does this mean now? I think there's this huge discrepancy a lot of the time by the time that we've learned how to manage and deal with our symptoms on our own and actually getting that diagnosis and the proper support to the stage that by the time we have that diagnosis, we are living life so differently to, I guess, the easiest way because we've just like found our way to function. It's not necessarily going to be our best and most comfortable way. It's just what we've learned. And then, yeah, adjusting and kind of um, consolidating those two facts of like, I know how to function, but also this new information sheds light and will help me function. But then you've got to break those habits and just totally relearn your life. Even though it sounds like it's like a really great result, which it obviously is, is going to be yeah a more free more free life but yeah it's it's confronting and difficult to actually make that change which is I think something that was really at the core of how I struggled with mobility aids and yeah by reading this and like having that image of a question mark just like hanging over me that was it just brought back all of those thoughts for me and it put me back in that spot where like all of this stuff was going on for me And there was no name for it. Like people just couldn't understand what was happening or doctors didn't believe my symptoms. And then, yeah, just that feeling of when I did get the diagnosis, the question mark went away and then it opened. I don't even know what, maybe a semicolon or something, commas. uh, What is the word when it's like the three the three dots. Oh, ellipses. Ellipses. Yeah, felt like maybe those are what came next. Also in that same chapter, Kelly talked about feeling as though she hadn't been given the rule book. And Tatiana said that in her That So Chronic episode about her diagnosis of ADHD and how she felt like she hadn't received a rule book or the book of adulting. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, everything is connected. Yeah. Every, oh, even though it's not the same diagnosis, like so many things are connected. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing when I read that. Yeah. It's nice to hear those sort of things. And it's just so validating as well, because that means there would be so many listeners at the moment hearing those kinds of sentences and being like oh thank goodness that's me yeah it's not just me (laughs) yeah (laughs) had you read much poetry before as a child I was massive poetry nerd (gasps) were Um, you in year five my favorite author was Edgar Allan Poe (laughs) oh my god I love this information (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was I was such a little goth nerd as a child (laughs) not in my aesthetic just in my total personality but yeah I used to carry around this like big book of poems I'll try to get Jackson to grab it if he walks past in a second (laughs) but yeah it's like this chunky book of poems and I've still got it and it's only like a little square but it was something like 300 pages and I had this I'd done this sticky notes yeah the sides I'd circled my favorite passages written notes about it like I don't know why I kind of went slightly away from poetry a little bit more but yeah as a kid I was like I will be growing up to be a poet (gasps) I will be wow. <laughs> Yeah. So this book is definitely right up your alley. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It actually reminded me a lot of uh, Rachel Bloom's book, Autobiography. Mm-hmm. It just touched on a lot of similar things, although she doesn't talk specifically too much about illness and health, just the kind of way it's formatted and mm-hmm. uh, the f- 
kind of flow of the it is a bit of a narrative flow between the chapters yeah yeah I just I really like that style of a, a collection a collection of smaller pieces to make a larger whole yeah can you tell I like cabaret <laughs> yes and yeah I was thinking about that when I was reading it because I'm not super familiar with poetry it's not something that I would like just pick up and read a a book of poems and so I was like a little bit nervous when I started reading like oh no like am I going to understand like what's it going to be like but yeah because it is a collection of poems but also short essays and personal essays as well if you're listening and you're thinking oh no I don't do poems I definitely still recommend reading because Although, that, yeah, there might have been times where I was like, oh, I need to read that poem again because maybe it didn't quite go in because I'm not used to reading poetry. It was still really incredible. And I think maybe I might be a poem convert now. I was like reading it <laughs> yes. thinking maybe I should like read some more poems. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, poems are such a gorgeous art form. I love them. Yeah. Yeah, I also... I, unsurprisingly as a child was really really into like rap and hip-hop the exact same thing of like the flow and pacing and then yeah just all of the wordplay and poetry my god I love that so clever and it's all really good poetry Mm -hmm. it's not just like and this bit's a poem that talks about this it's like it's really impactful and I don't know I find poetry so calming no matter what they're talking about having that rhythm to kind of sit into it's very soothing. And the whole book is soothing. Have you ever met Kelly Vincent? Not one-on-one, uh, but during my degree, Kelly was in a member of parliament, I believe, at the time. Um, and so, yeah, we got to have a little lecture from Kelly, which was pretty cool. cool uh, just without, I believe it was part of the health sciences part of my degree rather than disability, which mm-hmm. was also great because I do worry sometimes when disabled people are only used in disabled contexts. Yeah. It, it can be a little concerning and I guess uh, upsetting to be like, oh yeah, you're disabled, you can go teach the disabled class. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> got a little bit more to your person than that. Yeah. So I believe it was health sciences and it was talking about in our augmentive and alternative communication class and then she also came through and did another talk in a advocacy class which was a very good class as well yeah oh my goodness I really want to meet her one day yeah good (laughs) uh yeah apparently also uh she came to one of my just us league shows once I didn't see her because I was like backstage busy producing yeah but yeah I just found this out at my friend's party last week my friend was like yeah Kelly Vincent came to your show very early on (laughs) so I love it (laughs) yeah Claim to fame. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> the book ends on a really powerful message, a letter to herself. And I'm wondering, how did you feel when you got to the end of the book? From what I could read through the tears. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let me get to the final page so I can think about this. Oh, yeah. It's just... I think it's once again the same sentiment that so many disabled and chronically ill people would sit with and really identify with of it's going to be hard and if you can make it easier that would be great but don't be too hard on yourself (laughs) just love yourself just sit with yourself as you are 
And that's, I feel like that's essentially what all I'd need to say to my past self. Yeah. Yeah, Once again, so nurturing. The whole thing just feels very nurturing to to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the author is nurturing themselves. I am nurturing myself by reading it. We are nurturing each other and the people listening by talking about it. It just feels like it's such a spread a spreader of joy and calm. I wrote down. I feel so seen. Yes. By the time I got to the end. Yeah. Very important book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to read it again. And again and again. It feels like one of those books that you need to just have in your house on your coffee table or something. Yeah. That people can just pick up and you can just read one of the chapters. It's so brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. If you had to summarize the book in a sentence or perhaps use three words, how would you describe Dandelion Heart by Kelly Vincent? It's hard, isn't it? Because it's just so much to say. (laughs) So much to (laughs) say about it. Soothing. Necessary. And revolutionary. <laughs> yes. Absolutely gorgeous. I Yeah, it is such an easy and quick read as well. It's like it has all of this impact over, I think, 90 pages or something. Yeah, and it's not too overwhelming. Like no. your, your brain doesn't like get overloaded and you're like, oh, my God, I need a cup of tea because the, that was too much to take in. Like it's really digestible. Yeah, like I read this before bed and had the best sleep. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's great. It really... It really is just so, especially for disabled people, I think, is going to be yeah. so comforting. And, yeah, it's like a big warm hug. Just love it. I love that. And we love you here at That's So Chronic. Thank oh, you so much for, for chatting with me today about Dandelion Heart. And if you're listening, wherever you may be listening from, we definitely recommend that you go and have a read for yourself. Oh, yeah. I bought and read this book on Kindle and all of the links will be in the show notes for easy access. This episode was in no way sponsored, but if you would like to support an episode or you have something that you would like featured on an upcoming That's So episode, feel free to reach out. As always, I love connecting with you all over on Instagram. I'm at That's So Chronic. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to press subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, Spotify and leave a review. That helps That's So Chronic get into more ears around the world to hopefully spread awareness and more importantly, hope. It also makes my heart really, really happy. So thank you so much.